0: sports big block 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 sports. sports Big block sports episode 5 we are back again thanks for coming back again this week if I haven't told you in person I appreciate you. Make sure you like if you're on YouTube. Make you su- sure you subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcast or Castbox, I'm working on getting on Google Podcast. But if you're on any platform listening to this, even on SoundCloud, I appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. Week four was another exciting week in the NFL for this season. We had Brady going back to New England. We had several division games in the NFC West. We have several undefeated teams lose, and we have one, if I'm thinking correctly, we have one undefeated team left with the Arizona Cardinals. They are looking good this year. They're looking fast this year, but they're not looking better than the 49ers. I don't care what anyone says. La, 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 la. I got my fingers and my ears, and I'm tuning out the noise. Um, But overall, again, another great week of NFL football. The Buffalo Bills dominated once again. Great game on Monday night between the Raiders and the Chargers. The Chargers also look great. Justin Herbert continues to excel. Austin Eckler, Almost did the Eckler thing, right? Like he came in, balled out, got hurt. Excited to see him get back in the game because that's always been his, um, you know, MO, if you can say that as far as his injury history. Um, But the Chargers look good. Again, Derwin James making plays all game. Joey Bosa making plays all game. Those Bosa brothers really got it going. This season, um, there was some controversy in baltimore that you know again i want i try and intake as much sports and knowledge and information as i can so i try and catch up all the sports shows in the morning apparently there was some controversy between the ravens and the broncos because at the end of the game the ravens decided they wanted to keep their streak of 100 rushing yards uh, for I forget how many games it is now, but they have a streak of consecutively rushing for 100 yards in game after game. They needed, uh, I want to say, between three or four yards to get to that um, for this most recent game. And then so instead of at the end of the game where normally they go into a victory formation, they actually ran a play and got like three yards and then Lamar Jackson fell down. And um, it reminds me of... Again, Fangio's an old school coach. He's an old school guy. He was perturbed about it. He called it BS. Um, He said he's been in the league of 38 years. He's never seen anything like it. And it just reminded me of baseball. You know, like in baseball, there's all these unwritten rules. You're not supposed to flip the bat. Um, There's so many, you know, like, and they're all dumb. They do nothing to improve the game. Um, And I think that's why baseball, you know, overall, from my perspective, I can't even act like I'm baseball fan number one. I'm probably not even baseball fan number five. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I play baseball. It's exciting to play, but to watch a nine inning game for me, it's a bit much. Um, But it just reminds me of some of the struggles that baseball is having now, where they have these old, uh, archaic um, hand me down customary cultural things that you're not supposed to do for the integrity of the game, and um, you know that, that that's what I was getting from uh, the coach of the Broncos, Fangio, when I was listening to his press conference. Just foginess, you know, old foginess. You know, and, and Chris Broussard, who's another one of, um. So one of my favorite uh journalists that I listen to and watch when he's on t v he said hey if if you don't like it, stop them. you know like they had all game to stop them. they had all game to make sure that they were in the position to win they that they were in a position regardless of what happened with the rushing record oh but Now, the last play of the game, when the game is over, that's the play you're upset about. You're not upset about all 30, 40-plus plays where your defense had Lamar Jackson running all over the place, Marquise Brown scoring touchdowns. That's not the plays you're mad about. You're mad that they went for prestige, that they went for excellence. Um, So, interesting um, storyline there. We'll continue to monitor the Ravens and their rushing um, situation, which is also amazing given the the Ravens' injury history at running back this season. Uh, they have pretty much lost every running back. And as a 49er fan, I know exactly what that's like. <laughs> um, and I promise I do my best when I start to come up with these shows to not make every podcast about the 49ers. I know you guys are probably already, I mean, unless you're fans of the team, but I'm sure you're tired of, you know, the exceptional hat collection that I've collected when it comes to the 49er, um, 49er team here. But I promise if you just hang out for a couple more episodes, not every episode will be 49er based. But since I brought it up, you know, I, and I was just thinking, you know, I. Um, I think it's about time. I think it's about time for this episode where I think it's time I I go ahead and I set it off. So let's set it off. Uh, Like I said, I'm not going to make every podcast about the 49ers. I'll do my best not to unless they start doing wild and crazy stuff. And this, to me, wild and crazy stuff. So um, I'll say this. You know, in 49er land, we have officially landed on the next gate conspiracy in Santa Clara, right? If, you, if you're, if I don't know, living under a rock, the, for some reason, and I, I, again, I'm a Googler, so I got an idea and I started Googling, and there's a huge Wikipedia page on the word gate, right? Being at the end of certain phrases to describe certain controversies or scandals that happened throughout the world, and it's a huge page. I had no idea they were so, I mean, I know we live in a wild world, but I had no idea there were so many controversies um, that happened that had like a gate type of nickname, right? So, you know, we all know about Watergate, right? Nixon and the hiding of files and the building or whatever the history story said. I remember Forrest Gump where they did Watergate and Forrest Gump, that was pretty funny. Um, But there's a huge list, and their list is so long that they actually had to divide the scandals into different categories. So there's an arts and sciences um, gate list. There's a politics, right? So all of the gates like Watergate, uh, Monica Gate, which, uh, you know, might be a little too adult for this sport cast, but um, podcast, sports cast, whatever you want to call it. And of course there's a sports section, right? So for example, there was the 2018 Astro Gate, where we talked about baseball earlier. The Houston Astros were basically caught red-handed, stealing signs uh, from the other team's bench. We had a Bounty Gate, uh, which was in the NFL, where Greg Williams, the defensive coordinator for the New Orleans Saints at that time, well, operated what was considered a bounty scheme for big plays, including actually injuring opposing teams' players. So that was a huge scandal. They actually got suspended. I want to say Greg Williams lost his job for a couple of years. I think Sean Payton just ended up getting suspended. Obviously, we have Spygate, right, with the Patriots um, recording uh, practice and re- reporting games of other teams recording them I should say and their sidelines you know try, maybe trying to get their signs trying to get their change ups their lineups whatever deflate gate right tom brady in the flat footballs we had so we had all these gates bounty gate astro gate spy gate deflate gate and now now in 2021 the month of october We've officially entered calf gate. Yes, calf gate, C-A-L-F gate, Calf gate. Let me grab my tinfoil hat. Let me grab my conspiracy hat here. You go ahead and put yours on. Let's let's take a walk, right? So here's a story. I'll try and make it as quick as possible. Sunday, the 49ers played the Seahawks. And this is where I, when you ever like something happens and it doesn't click, Right. And then maybe later on in the day, something else happens. And then that thing that you saw earlier today was like, oh, wait, like that's so-and-so or like, you know, you put two and two together. So, you know, I watched the game on um, NFL Sunday ticket. So oftentimes before the game actually starts, because there's not necessarily a broadcast, depending on, you know, what the, the broadcast schedule is for the game. They kind of just have the camera on the sidelines or something, right? And you just see players walking around or warming up or whatever. So just before kickoff in this game, they were they had again just a random camera angle on the sideline. Um, Kyle Shanahan was standing there. Jimmy was right behind him, uh, no helmet on, and there was another player I couldn't really see because he was kind of out of frame. But anyway, um, you know the camera was panning left and right or whatever and then Kyle said something to Jimmy. He turned around and he said something and Jimmy's eyebrows raised like you sure about this? Like that's what you want to do? I couldn't really make out what Jimmy said back, but his body language, right? Like his face was almost like okay, well, you know, if that's what we're going to do today, um, you know, let's go. You know, and I I want to say I saw let's go out of Jimmy's mouth, but you know, it was just an awkward exchange where it was like, I wasn't sure what Kyle was telling Jimmy. I wasn't sure what Jimmy told Kyle back, but the exchange looked awkward. It didn't look like, you know, that we were used to seeing like with Harbaugh, right on the sidelines, slamming um, Alex Smith by the shoulder pads, really hyping him up. It just seemed like a it was just an awkward exchange. I, I really w- I tried to go back and find that clip somewhere from the start of the game, but it was really only on that NFL Sunday ticket broadcast. Maybe it's on the broadcast copy but I couldn't find um, legally, you know I didn't really try and pirate it but I legally could not find the broadcast copy of the game to see if I can go back and, and, and bring that exchange to the forefront. But anyway, there was this, this weird exchange between Kyle and Jimmy. Jimmy's kind of getting his eyebrows raised. Um, he he, he kind of looked perplexed, but not upset, not all the way confused. It was just like, it was an awkward face where he wasn't sure whether to be upset, whether to be happy. It just looked like an awkward exchange between the two of them. And then the person next to Jimmy, I guess either he was within earshot or, you know, he could see Jimmy's face or Kyle's face, you know, that exchange. He immediately made eye contact with Jimmy. And then Jimmy, you can see Jimmy kind of lean over and whisper to him, like, hey, he just told me, like, he's like, you know, and then Jimmy gestures like, hey, let's let's see how it goes. You know, I don't that was basically what I got from the interaction. Now, hey, I don't know what he told him. You know, it was awkward for me. Um, so Again, that happened, um, and I thought no, nothing of it. You know, just weird pregame batter, banter or whatever. You know, like, maybe Kyle told Jimmy, hey, you know, if we win, we'll go get pizza afterwards. And Jimmy was like, for real? Like, with pepperoni? And then he was eager, you know, to share that that slice of good information with the rest of the team. That slice of pepperoni. Okay. I'll see myself out. Um, but... The first half happens, right? Jimmy happens. He throws a pick. Um, the offense uh, isn't really clicking consistently. I'm not gonna say the offense was terrible. Obviously, we you know we we didn't have the point results that we were looking for in that first half. We would probably you know run off four to five really bad play. Really, when I say bad, I mean badass. Like good plays. Um, but then we'd have a penalty, you know, like or miss block. Um, so we only ended up with seven points at the end of the half, and then the second half started, and Lance comes in out of nowhere. And you know, further along the lines of, as the game went on, he he looked average at best, and you know, I'll save that for another episode. But the even the announcers during the game, they weren't even sure what's happening, right? They were like, "Oh, you know, Packers Trey Lance in the game," and then the word comes down, "Oh, Jimmy's questionable to return." So that's why Lance is in. And then as another series went on, well, now Jimmy's out. He's not coming back in the game. Lance is the starter for the remainder of the game. So at that point, I start to replay the first half in my head. And I'm thinking, he was sacked once. You know, like I'm trying to replay every little scramble he might have been on, even the sack that he was on. Um, And I, I remember him moving around relatively well. Um, but Jimmy is out with a calf injury at the that this point, right? So again, calf gate, he's out with the calf injury to Follow me here, people. Um, but anyways, I was excited to see what Lance was gonna do. You know, so I left it alone once again, just like the first game, just like the the first part of the game where I saw that awkward exchange. I was like, all right, well, whatever. Um then post game pressers came out and the media coverage started to um ask questions about what happened. And Jimmy said he was stepped on early in the game. And from that being stepped on, he, and I'm just, I'm reading, you know, the quote, so I don't, you know, I don't know HIPAA, who knows, you know, who really knows HIPAA laws, right? But basically, he was stepped on, it got so bad, he could no longer press off his back leg. I don't even know if it was his plant leg. I don't know which leg it was, we still haven't figured out, but it got so bad he could no longer press off. And even one time he said he he felt like something pop, or he heard something like there was a pop. Um, you know he got emotional during the press conference, like oh, you know what was me? I'm so sick of being injured, and you know I'm gonna get an MRI, and hopefully I'll be back in a couple of weeks for you guys. And you know really just playing, and I don't want to say he's playing a role, but I really felt like, dang, like. Yo, Jimmy might legit be hurt again. Like this is crazy. Um, you know, and then um, you know, he discussed the MRI and talked about coming back in a few weeks. Like I said, and then my Spidey senses started like, you know, like you got stepped on. All right, cool. You know, cleats are are are, are painful. You know, if you get if you've never been stepped on by a pair of cleats, it hurts very bad because they're basically like. They're not knives like baseball spikes, right? But they're 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 pointed in a certain aspect. They might have a little flat bottom, but they're not. It's not like he somebody stepped on them with some Crocs on, right? So I could see how that could be painful. So he's he's cool, but he was good at that point, right? The game went on; it got worse. All right, cool. You know, I I didn't see his mobility falter. He's not necessarily a super mobile guy either. Then the point. Um, there came a point where he heard something pop. Cool, cause for alarm, you know what I'm saying? But here's my first thing that I'll say is funny about this situation. And funny, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see my face. If you're listening, that pause should let you know that I'm making a face that is not indicating funny, but it's actually indicating suspicion. But I'll call it funny. (laughs) first thing that was funny to me is, okay, you're hurt. You can't push off on your back leg. You heard something pop. But then the trainers and the staff let you stand on the sideline on your injured leg that you heard something pop or felt something pop on for two hours, because it was the whole second half. No walking boot. No crutches. He's standing on the sideline, right? Literally two feet behind Kyle, right? So, where any play could spill over, you know, you can't move. So, you're basically a sitting duck on the sideline. And that was okay from the training staff, from the coach, from the, I don't know, anybody on the sideline. Like when, when Bosa was out with his knee and when Kittle was out, you know, if they were on the sidelines, it was like, in the back or you know you would see them gingerly walking around jimmy literally stood there for 2 hours he walked he, he walked over and congratulated lance when he scored his uh when they scored a touchdown to debo samuel um who's having a great year by the way so anyway he stood there on an injured leg for 2 hours i that's that's okay That was the first thing where I was like, what's going on here? Like, what are are we doing? Second thing is they interviewed Kyle Shanahan. And he says he didn't even know Jimmy was injured. He said he didn't even know until right before the kickoff. So he didn't know before the half. He didn't know when everybody walked into the locker room together I'm pretty sure they're having meetings, right? That's what teams do at halftime. They adjust. I know they're not in there playing ping pong or Yahtzee or something, right? So no one during that point mentioned to Kyle, hey, Jimmy's banged up. Um, And he said he didn't know until they were actually coming back out on the field minutes before the second half, not even minutes because halftime is 12 minutes, Um, But shortly, it didn't give a time frame, but shortly before the kickoff, Kyle is saying he had no idea that Jimmy, A, was hurt. B, he didn't even know Jimmy would not be coming back into the game until shortly before the half. And to me, to me, that's wild. Your head coach has no idea that you're starting quarterback is injured. Who? He's always kind of injured, right? Is it? Is Jimmy always kind of got something going on, an ankle, a knee, a, a something? Maybe, maybe Kyle is just over it, right? Maybe he didn't want to know if Jimmy was injured or not. He just assumed, yeah, whatever. But anyway, anyway, let's continue with this series of events. He has the MRI um yesterday, um, or at least he's evaluated more decent I'm uh, again I'm I don't want to misquote here um but he's evaluated it could have been included in MRI um and magically the the week to week you know, the weeks of him being out, possibly being on IR turns into hey Wednesday, we'll see he might even play on Sunday such an amazing turn of events like He's Wolverine, right? He's got to be. I mean, he's already got like the chin line, kind of has a little bit of the hair, but you know, he went from basically a ruptured Achilles on IR to day to day with an injury um, in a matter of hours. And, and you know why? And you know why? And let me just adjust my tinfoil hat here. He wasn't hurt. Now, Full disclaimer, I would hope the powers that be Lynch, Shanahan are not are smarter than that and and would not would not play with the team in such a manner and not experiment with the team in such a manner. But I, I, you know, what did I see? You know what? What did I notice? What's my conspiracy? What was the real reason for Cathgate 2021? Here's how I saw it. Now that all of that happened, the first exchange stood out so much more to me. Here's how I saw it. Now that I started to piece together these wild puzzle pieces. Before the game, Kyle gave Jimmy the signal and that was the awkward exchange. Like, hey, might drop Lance in here if we need a spark. You good with that? You good with that, Jimmy? You ready to roll? You good with that if I drop your boy Lance in here? What's Jimmy gonna say? Nah, take me out? I'm hitting the showers. No, he has to roll with it. So he's going to be like, yeah, let's do it. I want to win. Because that's what Jimmy's done all offseason. And I, I believe Jimmy is really a good guy. I really believe he has no ill will towards Trey Lance or anyone on the 49ers. I do think there were some opportunities with how they handled the draft and the QB situation. But overall, it's already a difficult situation. I think it they could not have asked for a better result given this. But anyways, that awkward exchange happens. He tells them, hey, we're probably going to put Lance in here at the half, you know, if we need a spark, just to see how the game's going. Uh, Jimmy says, cool, let's do it. You know, I'm ready. That sounds cool. You sure about that? Right? Eyebrow raised. Okay. That's the plan. All right, let's do it. Anyways, halftime happens and Kyle's like, all right, Jimmy is struggling. Can't have Jimmy go down bad two weeks in a row. Trade deadline's coming up. And we're losing. I don't want to lose the off-season hype. I don't want to lose the, the momentum of the fans, of the faithful, the Niner faithful, of the media. Let's put Lance in. Let's give them something to talk about. Let's see if we can get something going here, right? We We... we we put how many draft picks on the line for this dude it was really only two it was really it was really only two I know that when you when whenever they read the report out they say oh we traded three number one picks well yeah but the the pick we got pick we had was already a number one pick at 12. we just changed from 12 to three so I wouldn't count that giving a number one pick now in 2022 and 2023 yes we gave that we gave them those two picks. But I would say the first pick is in exchange. But um, let's put Lance in. Let's see what happens. I already told Jimmy what the deal is. We'll make up some injuries so there's no controversy, right? Because if they just flat out put Lance in at halftime with no explanation, everybody's going to say, oh, there it is. Jimmy's benched. He's done for the season. Trade value falls. All the pressure and onus is now on Lance to lead this Super Bowl contending roster. Uh, Despite the holes, you know, we still feel like we're a Super Bowl contending roster. So it's up to Lance now to lead this high octane organization to the Super Bowl. That might be too much, you know? So let's make up some injuries so there's no controversy. Hey, we had to put him in. We had to put him out there. you know. We didn't dress Sudfield. We released Rosen. So hey, Lance is what we got. We put Lance out there because Jimmy's hurt. I'm tired of the QB questions anyway. Let's just put them, put them out there. We'll give Jimmy a mulligan and no one will suspect anything, right? And in the back of my head, I hear that TikTok meme. They're never gonna know. They're gonna know. Nobody's gonna know. They're gonna know. Nobody's gonna, how will they know? Right? That's what I hear in the back of my head. Um, and no one will suspect it. Why? Jimmy's always hurt. That's why. So, what's another injury? They put Lance in and they'd hope, hey, boom, Justin Herbert. Lights just flick on. Whoop, falling out of control. Now. We can say, hey, well, you know, Jimmy got hurt. And and now that I think about it, this is just how the 49ers do things. I mean, if we think about Alex Smith and Kaepernick, if we think about Joe Montana and Steve Young, and then I in in researching those relationships, I found out that that Joe Montana came in when Steve the Berg was a starter. So Joe Montana was actually the second guy coming in to replace the incumbent. It's just a 49er thing, I guess. But again, you know they can put him in. There's no controversy because of the 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 alleged injury. Um, and you know, Lance looked like a kid who hadn't played ball in a while. you know, just like I said in my last episode, what they did though is they stress tested him. And if you don't know what a stress test is, um, there's a show that I enjoy thoroughly. It's called Bar Rescue can't think of the guy's name right now. Maybe it's Robert. Anyway, he's this buff British dude. He always wears shirts with the sleeves. Sleeves are always like this. And if you're listening on audio, my sleeves are very tight and it's cutting off the circulation. That's how his sleeves always look. But anyway, he comes to these uh struggling bars and restaurants. And he says, all right, I'm here to basically do like a restaurant renovation. But before I do that, I need to see, you know, what you guys are struggling with. Now he's saying all this in this aggressive British accent. It's almost like Ram- Gordon Ramsay. Um, so yeah, I don't know what it is with British people and being um, aggressive, but it's their thing, I guess. So anyway, he, he sets up a stress test for the restaurants. He... He gets the staff to come in like it's a normal day. And he says, look, I'm going to get maybe the capacity of the restaurant is 150 people. He gets all 150 people in the restaurant because he wants to see how they operate. Um, so usually, and this is, I don't think I've ever seen an episode where they they pass the stress test. Usually, um, the restaurant's full of people, orders come out late, food is nasty, people start getting angry and leaving, you know, people in the kitchen start fighting, um, but at the end of all that, hoopla, um, it exposes the weaknesses of the staff, the food, the ambiance, so everything is brought to light, and then he's able to effectively renovate the restaurant based on their weaknesses, and that's what we did that is what Kyle did that is the point of cathgate they just pulled a national media stress test in front of our very eyes right we're at a quarter way through the year it's a rivalry game so it has some animosity it has some hype now it's not the legion of boom right so it's i don't want to say it's a safe test but hey It's a great opportunity for him to see an NFL defense. I think the Eagles, too aggressive up front. I think he would have got hurt. Fletcher Cox is a beast. Um, Lions, I'm not sure they were really ready to put him in game one, week one. Then against Green Bay, um, they were feasting. And Jimmy was having a great game against Green Bay, you know, overall. I know the offense offense overall was struggling, but Jimmy's game, in Green Bay, even though it was, there was lots of opportunities as far as the interception, the fumble. All in all, I think he completed passes accurately. And again, he brought the team back to win the game. So I don't think they were ready to do the stress test at that point. But here they were, tie game 7-7 at that point. We're playing a weak Seattle defense. We're a quarter of a way through the season. We're 2-1. Two, we're two, two and one. We're really trying to decide here what's going to happen with our quarterback situation. And we want to know how ready is Lance. And that is what they did. They stress tested him. He was dodging those dudes left and right. Right. They couldn't touch him. It was hard for them to get a sack. I think they sacked him once. Um, Now, the problem is they, they couldn't touch him. But our receivers also could not touch the ball. Because the balls were low, they were high, they were left, they were right, and everything was moving at 100 miles an hour as far as the ball, the speed of the ball, the spin of the ball, like he was wildly inaccurate. But they exposed what he needed to work on in a real-life setting, and that's pocket presence as touch and his footwork. And I thought it was a great stress test despite the poor results. Now, let's bring Jimmy back. Let's go back into the lab with Lance because we got a long season ahead of us. And Calfgate is real. And Jimmy is back. And the cards better watch out because Calfgate and the San Francisco 49ers are coming to town. I don't know why I whispered that. But let's get into the show now. We're a quarter of our way through the season. And that may, got me to thinking we're also, hey, we're a quarter of the way through this podcast, right? Uh, quarter of a way through this podcast season, I should say, right? We got four episodes in. <sighs> Felt like it was a good time just to go back. And let's just check on some of my storylines and follow up with them here at this mark in the season. So you remember episode one was titled, Do You Really Want the Number One Overall Pick? And so far, Trevor Lawrence is 0-4. Uh, Urban Meyer is getting lap dances and dive bars, which to me is hilarious. Very hilarious. I mean, I get it. You know, he's the face of the franchise. He's new on the job. He's new in the league. And Urban's usually a pretty low key dude. I got into a bit of a Twitter banter with some people We're like, oh, he's been married for 37 years. Um, but, you know, so I know all this news is probably way more attention than he wanted, at least. Um, you know, if the Jaguars are 4-0 and oh and that happened, I'm pretty sure it would not be as big of a deal, but they are 0-4 oh and, and it happened. So um, if you did not see the video, you can just Google Urban Meyer video and it comes up. But um, apparently he went out with some of his friends after um, after the game, he went to a bar and he's sitting in a chair and uh, a woman is sitting, standing between his legs where he's sitting and, and she's, you know. She's doing her thing. And I got two questions, right? Because, I hey, do your thing, Urban. But I got two questions. Two. One, did she know that was Urban Meyer? Like, did she know she was dancing on the King of Ohio State, the King of Gainesville? Did she know that she was lap dancing with the leader of a multi-million dollar franchise? Like, did she know? And was that her motivation? That's my first question. Second question did she not know? And she's just like, yo, this old dude is hot. I'm trying to get in those pants. Those khakis are turning me off. Those are my questions. So many questions. Further on in that episode, I called out the Lions as being a contender for the number one pick. They might just be a little bit better than the number one pick. Maybe four, five, maybe three. Um, but so far, like I said, um, Trevor Lawrence, number one pick, not doing too hot. Speaking of not too hot, my second storyline was Houston. Remember that? What's the plan, bro? I'm still not sure what the plan is, bro. Um, but I've read that asking price in the plan has changed. Um, and I'm talking about Deshaun Watson. He's continued to be employed. He's continually left off the active roster, he's continually not being traded. Um I've read that they don't intend to have him play any games already. I've read uh, multiple conditions of what they want in exchange for him. Three first round picks and two second round picks. Um, Again, multiple first round picks, second picks, and uh, premium players. Um, but none of that, none of that, whatever everyone offered, because apparently several teams offered such a package. None of those flew for the Houstons. And from now on, I'm calling them the Houstons. Um, but now that the market has dried up for Deshaun Watson, the season has started, teams are pretty much set at the quarterback. Um, you know, now that the, the, the market has dried up, they're more willing to field less extravagant offers. Okay. Okay. If I'm Miami, I'd probably offer them like, I'd offer them a used Brian Flores jersey or a visor from the game, his little game day set. I'd offer them that, and I'd get him like a hot dog for the stadium for Watson. Boom. Deal is done. But I'm not. Outside of that, though, um, the team is one in three. Mildly competitive. They're actually tied for second in that division now that I look at the division as a whole shambles. Um, Tennessee is leading the division at two and two. Um, They are tied for second in the division at one and three with the Colts. And in last place, Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence. Um, Brandon Cooks, the Enigma is on the Texans and this is the second season on the Texans and I've always been curious and you know he often comes up in free agency news and trade deadline stuff and I I like that what is it about him right what is it about him and why is he changing teams so much and I have another tinfoil hypothesis here and it reminds me of a quick story if you guys don't know um I'm also a producer. I also do create music, um, music videos, um, all sorts of genres or whatever you could think of. I'm really into music. I have produced music. I've written songs. Um, and You know, the music industry, while not as physical, is very similar to the NFL, right? You got exceptionally talented people, people who work hard to get things, people who are just born with natural abilities, um, you have specialists, you know, I have some people who just come in, that's all they do. They come in, they play the piano. That's it. They they travel all around the country playing piano for people in the studio because they're just that good with the keys. You got songwriters, you know, they don't want to perform. They just, they just songwriters, right? You got audio engineers. And, and that brings me to the point of the story is I've come across talented producers, right? Like they're they're amazing. Like they create music effortless, effortlessly. Their sound is crisp. Um, Everything is like billboard ready. It's mixed well, but they never seem to get placements. They never seem to take off. And I'd look and I'd I'd say, well, better than me. You know? Like, what's up? Like, why Why is that? Because when I think of, when I look at them, when I look at a couple, because I've met a couple of these different people, when I look at them, I'm like, yo, I wish I could produce like that. Um, and then when you, you know, you, you end up hanging out with them in the studio or you go work on some music and something and you're like, Oh, this guy's a tool. That is exactly what, that is the reason why, right? Like the phrase that I think of is bedside manner, right? You want a doctor with a good bedside manner, meaning when he comes to your bedside, because back in the whatever forties doctors came to your house and you were in the bed sick, they'd come sit by your bed why it's called the bedside manner but they have a good bedside manner they can they can talk to people they can build a rapport um and these excellent talented producers just sucked at being human beings and and i wonder i wonder i wonder is brandon cooks that dude you know i don't know him personally if i got any texan fans out there if i got any fans from the he's been on a couple teams from the rams from the Patriots, from the Saints, any of those teams. If you've heard any backstories about Brandon Cooks, let me know, because he's a very talented player. Um, you know, he's He's been in a 1,000-yard wide receiver five out of the last seven years in the league. Uh, he had, including last year, 1,100 yards with Houston, but he's been on almost as many teams as he has been in the league. It's an interesting player profile. So if you have any insight on that, I'd really like to look into it for a future episode. But again, talking about the Texans, he's balling. Even with Davis Webb or whoever they're going to put at quarterback this season, he he looks like he's going to have a good year. That was episode one. Episode two, come on, Raheem. Come on, bro. Episode two, it was a bit of a rant. You know, in hindsight, maybe, maybe I did go too hard. Maybe. I think I think most of my frustration probably stemmed from the fact that our offenses looked like hot booty since he got hurt. <laughs> I'll leave it there. Get well soon, Heem. Episode 2. Episode 3, my most dangerous 0-2 team, the Indianapolis Colts, are right now in the thick of the AFC South. I predicted they would win against Miami to get the ball rolling on their playoff push, and they did. They have the Ravens come into town, which is never an easy out, but this isn't the same Ravens. They're down several DBs. They're down several defenders. Uh, they're also down to their fourth or fifth running back. Damn, missing DBs, missing running back. Damn, it sound like the 49. It's crazy. It's the Kaepernick curse. It has followed the Harbaugh lineage. It is now attacking John. Sorry, John. It's all your brother's fault. But anyway, the Kaepernick curse has afflicted the Ravens. We saw the Ravens struggle with the Raiders and lose. Um, They needed a record-setting NFL kick and a fourth and 19 to beat the lowly Lions. So I know the Ravens right now are a seven-point favorite, but don't sleep on my most dangerous 0-2 team. And if you want to know why, again, episode three, my most dangerous 0-2 team, the Indianapolis Colts. And then last week's episode was titled Relax, R-E-L-A-X. And I'll say, and again, it was a 49er episode because I thought after that game, there was a lot of, woo, you know, the, the, the fever pitch online just went from zero to 800,000 this quick over that loss, but I'll say I'm a little less relaxed than I was last week after the loss, but I'm still, I'm still pretty chill. chill. And this is why, because I think the team has shown they can be effective in all phases, but we have not been able to be effective in all three phases at the same time. And again, we got players like Dre Kirkpatrick Patrick getting PIs we signed him last week. We got some dude named Trenton Canton fumbling kickoffs. We signed him two weeks ago. So, you know, it's got to be frustrating as a coach or as a GM for John, you know, Kyle and um, Jed, the owner, just to see, you know, all the potential the team has and just see it floundered away by Drayker Patrick and Trenton Cannon. And. Jacquez Patrick, <laughs> um, but you know either the offense is dominating but they can't score, or the defense can't stop the run when the offense can score, or we have a punter who's never kicked in his life, kicking a forty-yard field goal in a key rivalry game. I'm not sure who the coach was that came up with that idea, but I digress. Small, small note at the end of that episode four. Small little, so a little note at the end of that episode. Apparently I picked Buffalo and Las Vegas in the AFC Championship. Wild stuff. I also picked the 49ers making it out of the NFC West and into the Super Bowl as well. Let's see how that goes. Um, but stay tuned for next week's show where I'll be talking NFL trades. We're just inside a month with the NFL trade deadline coming up here on November 2nd. There are several teams looking to bring in some talent while others are looking to collect picks because by then it'll be like week seven or eight and the season will probably be over for them. So way to go Jets, talking to you. But trade deadline coming up next week will be all about NFL trades that we'd like to see. NFL trades that we don't want to see. NFL trades that might happen, that might not happen. All about the NFL trade deadline next week. Big Block Sports. Episode 5. We out.